1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 Farmers Insurance Open. Research, first look, preview, and maybe some early leans as we get into this. Obviously, the odds will not be released until Monday morning at DraftKings Sportsbook and everywhere that's around. I want to remind everyone to smash the like button of the episode, subscribe to Mayo Media Network, and in the comment section, give me your early lean for the winner at Torrey Pines South, Torrey Pines North this week. There will be one round played within the first two for everyone in the field between the two courses then both of the weekend rounds are going to happen at the south course i say weekend rounds but i do not mean that because this is a change in the schedule for the farmers insurance open it's because of the playoff schedule in football actually because it's championship weekend on sunday in the nfl this tournament actually starts on wednesday This week. So it's Wednesday through Saturday, sort of like those old Deutsche Bank championships that happened on during like Labor Day weekend. But those would go Friday to Monday. This one's going Wednesday to Saturday. They do not want to compete with the NFL championship round. So Friday and Saturday's rounds will be contested at Torrey Pines South. Of course, that's where the U.S. Open was a year ago. Would not expect it to play quite as difficult as it did during the U.S. Open. But as we know, the North course is the easy course. Well, easy being relative, it's still like kind of hard, but it's much easier than the South course. It has bigger greens. It's 500 yards shorter. That in itself, you're playing DraftKings Showdown. There's your move. Stack the North course one of the first two days and you'll be good to go. Actually, stack them both days and you should be good to go. Before we get into everything, there was a trend for years that had... Anyone that shoots over par at the North Course does not end up winning the tournament. That has not changed since 1983. Additionally, it had been a run of seven years where the winner started on the South Course. However, the past three winners, Justin Rose, Mark Leishman, and Patrick Reed, all started at the North Course. So that trend you know, doesn't have much predictive value these days. Hate the Thalia, so I wouldn't go digging too deep into that. The Listeners League link may be added to this. I don't have it as I'm recording this on a Saturday afternoon. I should. To have it by Sunday morning to have it inside of the podcast. If it's not in the podcast, you'll be able to find it in the video description, once everything is available. If you're listening to this on the audio version, I recommend the video version so you can see what I am seeing on the screen when I'm talking through all of the stats and doing the research up on the screen. All of it comes from FantasyNational.com if you want a 20% discount on Fantasy National so you can use the lineup generator, the simulator, have access to all the customizable tools and stats. FantasyNational.com slash... Mayo, make it easy on yourself. Sub to the newsletter as well. There'll be one coming out on Sunday evening and again on Tuesday evening because the tournament actually starts on Wednesday. So the final card, the DraftKings ownership, all of that stuff will be on Tuesday evening in the newsletter. And the first look and early research notes will be available on Sunday evening as well. Other than that, normal schedule for everything this week picks on Monday, DraftKings picks on Tuesday, and boom. We will be good to go. Just a reminder, again, it starts on Wednesday. So when Wednesday rolls along, don't be like, oh man, I forgot to enter my lineups. Because now you know. If you've watched this, you know you can get ahead of the game. All right? Let's jump over to fantasynational.com and check out the Farmers Field for the week. It's a pretty, this is the real kickoff to the golf season. We've had some, like, warm-up events. We got John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Bryson, Xander, Spieth, Justin Thomas, Sammy Burns, Sung J.M., Daniel, How's Your Burger, Scotty Scheffler, Hideki Matsuyama, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, and the defending champ, Patrick Reed, all in the field. Then there's this, like, stack second tier. Leishman, Connors, Wolf, Biz Zelatoris, Billy Horschel, Homa, Cam Davis, Matt Jones. See, whoo, Kim. Mac Hughes, Cameron Champ, and we get this year debuts of Aaron Wise, and both Chileans, Joaquin Neiman in the field, and if everyone was searching the world for Mito Pereira, he's going to be in San Diego this week, or Lejali, whatever the hell it's called, outside of San Diego this week at Torrey Pines. Then you got, like, more name value. You got former champs Day, Snedeker, Phil, and Rose in the field, formerly good players like Woodland, Ricky Fowler, Francesco Malinari. They're all playing once against top 65 in ties after... 36 holes after each of the players gets to play the north course and the south course so let's jump into said courses before we do anything else and as you can see we have let's go to the course breakdown on fantasynational.com the the long course the south course where they actually have shot link and cameras it's poa green 7,765 yards that is up from a year ago so i guess some of the extensions that they made for the u.s open they are carrying over into the scorecard this time around it's a par 72 the south course there is no shot tracker there's no shot link data but it is also a par 72 7,258 yards 500 yards shorter than the south course and it is on bent grass. it's been bent grass green since 2016 as you can see um uh, tough to score on a lot of these holes um we've played three pretty easy courses coming out of the shoot uh and when you have the winning score i mean minus 10 I don't think that minus 10 is going to win, but you get yourself like minus 13, minus 14, you're probably going to end up winning this event. Patrick Reed won at minus 14 a year ago. The next closest competitor was at minus nine. The big outlier year was Justin Rose in 2019. He won at minus 21. Uh in, in between that was Leishman at minus 15. So you're going to have to play well. You're going to have to make your birdies. You're going to have to scramble your ass off at this course. When we dig into the strokes gained data from a year ago, uh, you can see how Patrick Reed got it done because it wasn't through driving distance, although driving distance. Is- is going to be very important this week once we dig into the overall numbers. Uh, Eagle rates on a lot of these holes, uh, not high. Number six and number 13 do generate some, as does number 18, uh, the birdie rate on all four of the power fives over. 30 percent so you're gonna have to make birdie on those if you want any chance of competing because then it kind of drops off a cliff uh number eight the par three at the south course is the only other one uh, along with 17 that's above a 15 percent birdie rate then you can see the bogey rate on some of these it's it's through the roof number 12 36 percent bogey rate 15 27 bogey rate number four 27 percent bogey rate and as you can tell these are the long par fours 505 yards, 480 yards, 490 yards, and the course is only getting longer. So long irons, very short wedges, scrambling putting and driving distance. You can find the perfect combination of those things, and all of a sudden you got a stew going, baby. Six of the power fours are 450 to 500 yards. I don't even see a boost up this year with the course being extended a little bit. We might even get seven. So you're going to see the plurality of approach shots this year coming from 200 plus and then all the way down. I do think that zero to 75 or even 75 to 100, although you don't see a ton of shots from there on approaches. A lot of scrambling is going to have to be done from these, guys, because you're going to hear the phrase, oh, we're basically in the Kikuya swing of the PGA Tour right now. Uh, you get yourself caught in that thick rough, unless you're Mark Leishman, who hits it so far offline that you're on the trampled down territory where the gallery walks. Um, you're going to be buried pretty badly. Uh, I've seen Rory in some real trouble at this course over the years. Uh, the cut line and past years, minus one, minus one minus 5. That was the big rose year. Minus 3. Minus 1. Minus 3. It hasn't been over par. It was even par in 2008. So you're still going to have to be into red numbers as it goes along. Driving, accuracy, one of the lowest on the PGA Tour at this course at around 53%. The average is around 62%. Greens in regulation, only 62% versus the 67% or 66%, sorry, that it normally is in scrambling percentage, way down. It's like 50-50. Uh, you miss that green and all of a sudden uh, you're in a a lot of trouble and more three putts per round uh, both at the south and the north than almost any other course yes driving distance is up at this course versus your regular tour event but it's only 285 yards versus the 283 it's only a two-yard difference and as we kind of dig into what we saw from a year ago then uh, you're going to see why driving distance may matter a little bit. Did not factor in too much into the winner when we think about Patrick Reed, but as we assess the overall leaderboard of everything, we'll just sort by driving distance right away. And I can show you right here. Where is it? I actually have the... uh I have the stat on me, and now I have no idea where it went because, you know, I'm very prepared when it comes to that. In 2021, 18 of the 20 top 24 on the leaderboard gained strokes against the field in terms of driving distance. As you can see, Sabatini, Malinari, and Reed were the big three, and Robbie Shelton, who did not. Uh, Reed didn't even gain greens and regulations on the field which was kind of funny, and we just know how bad his driver has been. At least he was gaining fairways against everyone else. Like Malnati even turned it up a little bit for the week, just barely in the pauses. But you can see, I mean, Norlander is kind of the other outlier. He was barely in the pauses. These other guys, they're gaining a bunch of strokes in terms of driving distance. You're going to want to be a deep driver at this course. It's not, obviously. You can see Patrick Reed did it without... Driving the ball a million miles, not being happy Gilmore off the tee, but the path of least resistance is hitting the ball as far as possible. We take a look at the strokes gained. You can see how Reed did it. Gained 1.1 off the tee, 0.7 on approach, and then between chipping and putting, he gained over eight strokes. That's going to be tough to replicate. Uh, you see, Ryan Palmer kind of did a lot with his putter last year. You're going to have to putt well. John Rahm was actually the worst uh, of the guys inside the top 10 who just kept bleeding strokes to the field nice to see zala torres and his debut end up coming inside the top 10 uh Hank Norlander dropped strokes putting, weirdly enough. I don't know where it came from from him. And remember, this is only three of the rounds. If you did damage at the North course, that will not be reflected in any of these strokes gains numbers, whether you're looking at last year or any of the tournaments in the past. I wouldn't look at the U.S. Open. I just feel like the course plays too differently, that I think it's going to give you not the best data in the world, just how much more difficult Tory Pines South played for a major championship than it does during the run-of-the-mill Farmers Insurance Open. So if we just kind of sort by strokes gained approach, I mean, Smith, Cameron Davis, and Sam Ryder, your one 2 three. Davis dropped 5.2 strokes to the field on in putting. But I kind of like cam davis a little bit here let's see how he's been doing so far to start the year at 10th and 27th in both the hawaii events that's pretty good we know he's a deep driver of the ball he's been gaining off the tee the approach hasn't been very good but he's turned that putting and chipping around a lot if he can reclaim some of that approach where he had the, the good vibes at the south course from a year ago how was he at the u.s open my guess he probably didn't qualify for the u.s open am i right on that yeah he did not qualify for the u.s open so he has limited experience, obviously. Let's see, in his farmer's appearances, 32nd, 36th, 57th, and 58th. So he's made the cut in all four tries. So let's put him on the early radar when it comes down to everything. Uh, Lonto uh, ended up coming seventh, putted and used his uh, approach game. He's playing very well at the American Express right now. Obviously, I don't know what the results of the American Express are going to be, but you know, it, it's nice to see that he is he, he's popping there. Uh, how did he do? At Sony. I feel like it was not very good at Sony. He didn't play at Sony. That's why I felt like he didn't play very well at Sony. But playing well at the American Express to start the year, Shriners and Zozo uh, are the two others that have done really well in the past, too. So we just go overall in terms of tournament history, and we can just take a look at last year's leaderboard and a a friendly graphic here. Patrick Reed um, has, you know, oh, the the bigger one was outside of Rom, who won this tournament in his first ever start, uh, I guess five years ago now. I think I think that's what it was. And then Scott Stallings, who won in 2014. Every other winner, like the recent past, has actually had a top 10. Eleven of the past 13 winners have posted a top 10 at this event prior to winning it. So John Rom won in 2017 in his first ever start. Scott Stallings won in 2014. He was the other exception. But everyone else, you can see Reed, he piled up the top 10 the year before. Leishman had the top 10 in 2018. Rose just continued. Continued to play this tournament well with top tens all across the board. Jason Day in the past had had a top ten. Now, because we're only looking at the past five years. And then Rom in his first ever start. So just taking a look at the... It's an easy... It's not an easy way to filter guys out. But I do think that it can be helpful. Because when you have a collection of players like this, who are all really good, then all of a sudden you need to figure out ways to scratch names off the list. That's just what we have to do here. Like, I really like Sam Burns this week and a lot of it has to do with obviously he's been a much better player recently so he might be the guy who can buck this trend he's probably still going to get my money as an outright anyway as long as his odds aren't devastating but i don't think this necessarily like this you know if you just look it up, cut t40 t49 t18 so progressively getting better obviously we know he's a much player better player now top 15 in the world rankings not play particularly well at the century tournament of champions but when we go take a look at his farmers And he won the Sanderson Farm. So, you know, if you have Farm in the title, he's doing okay. But 18th, minus 2.3 on approach, he had a disastrous final round a year ago, Uh, I believe. I can't remember if he was in the final group or not, but, like, he was rolling at this tournament. And then kind of the same thing happened with him at the Genesis a few weeks later, where all of a sudden you had... Where are we at here? Patrick Reed. Let's go to the overall Alita board and see what's going on with him. Let's see. Sammy Burns. Sammy Burns at final round 75. So, I mean, the difference between him and Reed ended up being nine strokes, but there was a seven-stroke chasm between the two in the final round to really separate things. So he was very much in the mix a year ago before having a bad final round to really take himself out of it. Nice to see Bramlett up there. I mean, Cecil Peters guy big the bram wagon is everyone's gonna be on the bram wagon next week probably never a great sign when you have chalky joseph bramley because it'll be like 7 300 bucks on DraftKings, probably like 125 to 1 in the betting market but i mean he's playing some great golf at the moment um and we'll see how he finishes at the american express but he's been very much in contention over there so let's try to find some guys i mean finau comes top 10 essentially every year in this tournament his worst finish in the past five years is t13 other than that, I mean, Xander finally notched a top 10 last year, very much in the mix. You have Ryan Palmer, who's T2'd here twice in the past. I'd be curious to see what his lead-in form was before the T2. So let's take a look back. Let's see. T2 at the Farmers. And he was fourth at the Tournament of Champions, fourth at the Zozo. Ryan Palmer's playing some pretty decent golf coming into it that year. Uh, other than that, where is Farmers? Let's see, 2017 he was second? 2018 he was second? Yeah, it was 20th at the American Express so he had made both cuts coming in to the Farmers that year as well um, coming into the this year not bad actually 12th at the Sony Open so maybe Palmers should be back on the radar for all of us this time around maybe not as an outright but as someone who continuously plays well at this tournament two second place finishes uh, three top 20s and a T21 over the past four years let's take a look at 2020 see if there's some other names good god Snediger. I mean he's won this tournament twice but I, I couldn't imagine Hoagie Hollywood Hoagie having a week at the American can express right now has a top ten finish and a T12 at this event in the past. Finau, Homa, Harry, Harry Eggs, Charlie Hoffman will get him for the first time this season as well. Patrick Rogers a T9. All right, so we've got some more names to check on. Check on to the fire here. Billy Ho is like one ever good start at this tournament. You had Damon. This was a weird year. This was the minus twenty one year. So you had Gooch, Horschel, Damon. Woodland were all up there. That's a that's a weird year. I wouldn't expect it to be minus 21 again. This was the year that uh, everyone really ended up hating on J.B. Holmes, I believe it was, who was taken forever on the Monday. I believe J.B. Holmes took so long, this ended up going to the Monday, finishing the three-way playoff between Day, Palmer, and Norin. Everyone had Norin tickets that week, and they lit them all on fire because... J.B. Holmes took forever. Where did Holmes... I guess Holmes isn't playing in the field this year, but I guess he would have come fourth because he would have just missed the playoff. He's the name that's missing from this. This is only showing players who are in the field this year. Like Daniel Berger, I don't ever recall him playing here. He's been cut twice. Bryson's been cut here in both attempts, but obviously he's a much different player than he was in 2018. I think when the odds are going to be released, you're going to see a bump up for Tony Finau based on the course history that we've seen from him and probably a bump down for Bryson because he has two miscounts Cuts and whoever starts at the Farmers Insurance Open. But don't forget, he was very much in the mix at Tory Pines at the U.S. Open last year until he took like the 13 on that one hole and basically created a box around the green. His around the green was like minus eight at the U.S. Open, mainly due to that one hole. But he was very much in contention going through it brooks is playing as well uh you can see that he was in the mix at the u.s open but book ended the past five years with missed cuts at this tournament in the past and it's not like he's playing fantastic golf coming in to this year as well but i think bryson might be worth a look if he's hammered and penalized due to bad course form in the odds mark it's worth investigating at least molinari top 10 last year sam ryder top 10 malnati top 10 Do you wake up in the morning and you're feeling nauseous? Or maybe you go to bed and you're feeling nauseous. Or maybe you just lost all your golf bets on the weekend or football bets and you're feeling nauseous. Well, you gotta check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness anxiety migraines hangovers morning sickness chemotherapy and so much more how it works is relief band simulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you ...that you're sick. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural, long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. It's really helped me in the morning, because I wake up morning and sometimes I am sick to my stomach, very nauseous, and ever since I started wearing relief band, not so much the case anymore... Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of year, and right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. If you go to ReliefBand.com and use promo code MAYO, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code MAYO for 20% off. Plus, free shipping. Our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. Full serious in that, too. I started taking Athletic Greens because I had no energy in the morning. Plus... My breakfast was just too low I didn't want to feel low all day long, filling up on carbs, and I really wanted to not have to take like 3,000 vitamins to get what I needed. And Athletic Greens fills that in perfectly because it does get me everything that I need in the morning. Like, what is this stuff? Many people ask me that, but with one delicious scoop... Of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-source foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. I always take it on an empty stomach, and it makes me feel pretty awesome. Not gonna lie to you. And it fills me up, too, so I'm good to go for the morning before I end up eating something in the afternoon. And the taste? is pretty good. Like, you're thinking, green juice, how awful does this taste? Athletic Greens? Not so much the case. Plus, I have these travel packs that I bring, not that I'm traveling a ton, but I've done more traveling in the past three months than the previous two years, and I take one with me, and I just make it on the road with me, and it keeps me in my routine as I go and travel, because everyone knows when you travel, you get completely out of your routine. It contains one less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery and supports mental clarity and alertness. Uh, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important for me to choose one with high quality ingredients that my body is actually going to absorb and it costs less than $3 a day if you're investing in your health it's cheaper than your cold brew habit it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself and it takes up far less room trust me on that one Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to, to recover it was costing 100 bucks a day this less than $3 a day athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's recommended by professional athletes right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition and to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's get into the model and see what we can find custom stat model it's still so early in the year to be drawing too many conclusions from the stat model in complete fairness if i'm drawing from past 50 rounds like that's going to go into like may from last year so it's it's going to take a longer view of everything do i have a farmers model maybe it's under tory pines yeah tory pines let's see what do i have i have strokes gained ball striking 15% strokes gained around the green 15% strokes gained par 5 10% driving distance 20% par 4s 4 450 to 500 yards 10% par 3s 200 to 225 yards 5% that is going to be critical this week those long iron shots those 200-plus proximity shot. So I have both that and 200-plus proximity to look at uh, in here. I don't actually have any, you know what, I'm going to take away birdies or better gained, and I'm going to bump up 200-yard proximity to 5% as well to really couple for that because seven of the eight par threes between the two courses are over 200 yards. They fall into that range. I also threw in relative par four at 5% and strokes gained approach just to get it away from ball striking a little bit at 10%. Strokes gained putting in at 15% because you're going to have to make your putts but as we saw with Hideki a few weeks ago, you can be the crappiest putter in the history of the world. And then lap everyone on the greens on your way to victory at YLI. Uh Hopefully, I'm really curious to see who this ends up popping. Out. I assume it's Rom, but I want to see who like the sleeper guys are that are up there. Rom List comes in at number one. Good god uh hopefully list can shoot like 10 under on saturday at the amex to win me showdown as i haven't paired with seamus power everywhere who got off to like a minus six through seven hole starts that'd be really nice Just put in a birdie streak we'll be good to go justin thomas bryson and the gucci man are the top five it's it's weird because that you have that top 10 stat um you know that has come through pretty well you can see this is justin thomas so far Let's see how he has done at the Farmers over the years. A miscut, a 10th. So he does have that top 10 finish. How was he at the U.S. Open? He was 19th a year ago. A lot of good putting from him uh, at the U.S. Open. Let's see, at Farmers, he gained 7.6 strokes putting in 2014. That's back when he was just a young'un. Has dropped it. Has not played it since 2015, though. So it's been a while for Justin Thomas since he has played this event. The next five on the list, Zalatoris Scheffler, sorry, Zalatoris Shoffley Scheffler Burns and Sung J. M. round out the top 10 overall over the past 50 rounds. Then you have Vegas Dustin, who hasn't been seen since like the CJ Cup last year. He was the hero of the Ryder Cup. Well, I mean, everyone was the hero of the Ryder Cup for the American team, but he won the most points. Cassius Manez, so that was nice to see, but he hasn't really been playing much golf. Curious to see how he ends up coming in at this course. Uh, it's going to be a real crapshoot with him. Either you believe or you don't believe. I do think this is going to be a huge rebound here for Dustin Johnson. So 11 to 20 in the past 50 round. Custom model. You have Vegas, DJ Hideki, Mad McNeely, Aaron Wise, Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, Daniel Hauserberger, Gary Woodland, and Killa, Keith. Mitchell. Then you got Finau, Keegan, Matthew Wolf, Mito, Jason Thay, and Joaquin Neiman. I do like Neiman a lot here. I wonder how he's done. I don't remember him playing this tournament all that often, but maybe it's just because he hasn't been good. Uh, he's played it two of the past three years 49th and 72nd. Hasn't really played all that well. But that's okay. I mean, guys you know, get better, guys break through. Um, the stats don't necessarily tell you everything in terms of a predictive method of how guys are going to perform in the future we can only go back and glean as much as we want or manipulate the stats in ways that we just want to see them because now that's the easiest way to do things if you really like a guy you can build almost any statistical case for why he is going to play well at any particular tournament i've just resorted the custom model over the past 24 rounds to give us a more of a snapshot view of what's going on not a ton changes except for matthew wolf ends up really high on this list he goes from like number 16 to number four it's Now, Rom, JT, the Gucci man... Wolf, Sung Jae are your top five. List, Patrick Rogers, Bryson DeChambeau, Mark Leishman, and Aaron Wise round out the top 10. Other guys who get bumped down a little bit but are still, I mean, Jason Duffner and C.T. Pan. C.T. Pan is the second at this tournament, by the way. Uh, he is 20th in the model when we sort by past 24 rounds. Mito is 15th. Decky, Zalatoris, Sam Burns, Keith Mitchell rises from 20 to 17. DJ is still up there despite the poor play uh, that we've seen out of him at all of his recent events. it's not really poor play because he's playing really well. He's just putting the lights out. As you can see, he came eighth at the Tour Championship of a field of 30 guys with 9.5 strokes putting. Okay. BMW Championship the week before that. He's lost on approach in four consecutive tournaments, gained six strokes putting that week. So he has... It's funny because he's been playing like absolute garbage. Yet, in four of his past seven starts, he has a top 10 finish. So that's how good Dustin Johnson is, is that he can play like trash and still churn out top 10 performances. We always like dj in california golf let's go back and take a look at the famas for dustin johnson since 2010 it's been a spotty only one top 10 that was in 2011 however the ball striking at the south course every single year is really good has not had a particularly good feel for these greens in the past how was he at the u.s open he was 19th at the u.s open putted well that week and still gained off the tee gained on his approach that's always really good to see If we take a more micro look at some of these stats from the stat model, those lengthy par fours, obviously putting is involved in these because it's just scoring average of the par fours of that range. I probably want to take a look back. Let's go past 50 rounds again to get a larger sample of who plays those holes really well over time. Because listen, any sort of sample that you use in terms of round range, date range, whatever it may be, uh, you're going to get outliers just from that one period. But the longer we can do it, presumably the better that these guys are. We have Sung Jay, Bryson, Michael Thompson, John Rom, Emiliano Grio, Jason Day. Justin Thomas, Keith Mitchell keeps popping up in all these numbers. Damon with a former top 10 here. And oh, Hayden Buckley, his name is Buck and he loves to fuck over your lineups at the American Express because he was a bit too popular. I can see people jumping off of him this week. After that, it's Keegan, Pat Perez, Billy Ho, Taylor Pendrith, and Jordan Spieth. I really cannot recall how Spieth has played in this tournament. Pebble has been more of his jam rather, he's been bad, good God. Uh, firmers, miscut 55th. 35th miscut, 19th miscut. So it's never been really good at this event for Jordan Spieth. He was 19th at the U.S. Open, played really well that week uh, in terms of ball striking. Couldn't you know he, his putter couldn't elevate him. He putted well, but not well enough to really get ahead of the pack in that regard. Driving distance: Bryson, Wolf, Champ, Trey Mullinix, Joseph Bramlett. I'm telling you, man, the Bram wagon is going to be full of all of the newbies jumping on and just remember Cecil's going to be up there with like a cattle prod trying to get you off um, I mean maybe he's trying to get you off in other ways I don't know what Cecil's up to these days but he does love himself the Bram wagon coming in playing well driving distance everyone's going to mention driving distance you look at his proximity beyond 200 yards that's ninth right now over the past 50 rounds his approach is inside the top 30 of players in this field the ball striking is 25th of everyone yeah and his price is not going to be all that high so Oh, yeah chalky joseph bramlett week here we are it has finally happened uh maybe this is the week that cecil calls it quits i don't know you can check out cecil's hockey picks up on mayo media network by the way uh three times a week they're very short hitting he's doing really well at them too you I mean if i'm gonna have cecil on the channel he better be winning and so far he has been winning the other guys in terms of driving distance who are up there outside of the top fives six through fifteen vegas Pendrith, hollywood Haggy. He's, he's taking the name from Hollywood Hoagie. We'll see how that goes. And maybe Hoagie ends up winning the American Express. I don't know. Luke List, Seth Reeves, Kevin Tway, Wyndham Clark having a good week at the American Express as well. Gary Woodland still up there. Tyler McCumber. And then you got Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Brooks Kapka, Patrick Rogers and Lucas Ibele up there with Will Zalatoris rounding out the top 20. I would take a look at Dylan Fratelli as well. He's going to end up being super cheap because he plays, you know, like ass most weeks, um, par for the course for him. But when you look at like his top finishes, like the open championship, uh, he has that top five at the masters and like those are his best performances. Houston was a really long course. Uh, when I run a mixed condition model, and we take a look. Maybe I won't run the mixed condition model. We'll just take a look at some of the longer courses, maybe some of the farmer's splits and corollary courses. Uh, it does feel like an opportunity for him to play really well. Very good around the greens. Uh, the putter you know, usually goes more than it comes. But hey, sometimes he can get it up and sometimes... He's got the money shot on the greens. Farmers for him, he's made the cut each of the past two years. Missed it in 2019. No real good performances, but has gained around the green. So his bogey avoidance should be good. You know, you would hope so, at least, if you're going to spend $6,600 on him. That's my guess for his price on DraftKings this week. The par three range, that key one, Patrick Rogers, Sam Burns, Keith. Jesus, Keith Mitchell is everywhere on these. Is he actually playing well? What is going on with Keith Mitchell? 7th, 12th, 41st, 56th, 3rd. Yeah, I'd say he is playing pretty well. The putter has come alive. He's the he's the Frampton, Frampton of the flat stick right now. Jeez, and the driving has been immaculate. As long as he approaches, come along. Maybe a Keith is the guy to look at here. It's not Bermuda. He's miscut, 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 63rd. Okay, I might not... Uh, Maybe I shouldn't have sorted by that because I don't want to talk myself out of him because I think the numbers are pointing towards him this week. Be very curious to see. Besaedenhout is a really interesting one because on the surface, when you think about driving distance, guys like Besaedenhout and guys like Patrick Reed are just not ever going to click. Where does Leishman rank in driving distance? Very curious on that. Driving distance seventy third. So I mean, Reed and Leish have won the past two years and they've done it with immaculate around the green work and they've done it with putting. And we know that's what. Christian Bezadenhout is good at, and we've seen him play hard courses really well, uh, mainly on Bermuda. But if you go back and look at some of his better finishes on the PGA Tour, like, you know, the U.S. Open, 31st, and that's not going to play as difficult. You know, he loses strokes off the tee almost every single week. He's going to screw me at the American Express, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, uh, he did it with chipping and putting there, a very Patrick Reed way to go about things. PGA Championship, long, hard course, came in 30th, 40th at the Masters for him. U.S. Open 55th. So he's making the cut. You know, Memorial's another one. It's a long, difficult course. Came in 22nd uh, there as well. So, Arnold Palmer Invitational, T18. As long as he doesn't get destroyed off the tee with his driver, he can just keep it in the fairway and he shows up with his putter and, you know, his great around the green work. He's someone that could feasibly do really well here. So, I I think that he's not going to be the skill set that any of us want to go to. Does play these long par 3s really well for whatever reason. I guess because the green and regulation rate of the long par threes is a lot lower than most par threes thus it's up to putting and scrambling to make your make your bones and he does that pretty well dustin's up there burger's up there i don't know what to make it burger at this course like i mentioned we've taken a look at him his approach has just been basically the best in the world outside of morikawa and like tom hoagie and taylor gooch i don't know why i type in burger should probably type in farmer's He did it once in 2015, came in 24th. You saw everything was way up for him. How was he playing coming into these tournaments a year ago? I got to assume it wasn't bad because, let's see, he didn't play it a year ago. When was the last time that he played it? Farmers. 2019 was the last time that we saw him at the Farmers and he was yeah he'd played, he played T12 the American Express the week before came in played very poorly at the Farmers how about the year before that we got the Farmers 45th at Sony so middling performances at the Tournament of Champions and then Sony then missed the cut at Farmers was fine in Phoenix the following week so maybe Phoenix is more his jam I wouldn't completely discount him though I might end up using him as one of my one and duns for the week in the giant race for the Mayo Cup because I don't feel like he'll get a whole lot of steam at this course and people might try to save him for you know pebble beach um which it would be in two weeks because whenever no pebble beach is next week because it's the bye week in football then waste management syncs up really well with the super bowl uh because that's just how the how waste management wants to party you want to party you can watch the end of the waste management then go to your then go to your football party after that Let's just go and take a look at both course history and long courses in general. I would quantify this. I mean, what do we, what do the past course conditions tell us about this course? Uh, Let's see, scoring at the north course, easy relative to par, difficult relative to par at the south course. Um, it's, It's pretty difficult most times. It's average, like at the best of times. We see no easy at the south course on this list. It's either difficult or it is average. So that's something that we can do right now. So when we break everything down, we can go to these course filters that are down here, and we probably don't even want to look at past. 50 rounds let's take listen (laughs) date range is tough you can take 24 rounds but let's just look at past three years and that way we can at least cap everything so 2022 season 2021 season 2020 2019 season that's probably the best way to you know let's even get rid of 2019 because sometimes depending on the amount of times that guys have played when we take past 24 rounds we could be looking all the way back at like 2016 do we really want to look at those numbers i think past three years uh when we're trying to get a decent sample here of courses we're going to go over like there's only 58 courses that fit the criteria of over Seventy-four hundred yards. So if we try to make it past fifty rounds and put no date cap on it, then you know we might be back to like two thousand and nine when we're looking at some people. So let's just look at over seventy-four hundred yards just off the hop to see who plays well at those courses, and we'll take a look at total and strokes gained tee to green. So total: Rom, Griot, Shoffley, Thomas, Will Zalatoris are your top five. Then you have some shorter hitters: Spieth, Connors, and Hoffman are all in there. Leishman. Uh, And Patrick Reed both play those types of courses really well, too. So it'll be the first time we see Charlie Hop and Luke List up there as well. So let's take a look at what 24 rounds are being counted from these. You got Wells Fargo, the Valero Texas Open— Arnold Palmer Invitational, and Farmers all from last year. Then you have Corrales, Putacana, which is a very easy course, the 3M, and the Farmers once again. So at least for Luke List, we're like we're getting a decent sample of the courses. Who are guys who suck at this? Like, big names. Lucas Herbert, he only has eight rounds. Mullenix only has three rounds. Billy Horschel has 22 rounds. is bottom in the field. It's funny because Ortiz is up here, uh, and I think he had a top ten at this venue a year ago. Jason Day does not rate out really well, although he's played well at this course. Norlander uh, is very... Is near the bottom of this despite the fact that he came in second at this course last year so that's really funny uh to kind of see We'll take a look at his strokes gained total. Wells Fargo, Valero, and Arnold Palmer Invitational really dug him into a hole. But before that, obviously, at this tournament played pretty well. Uh, The 3M, he had played pretty well. Those are, I mean, this is not an easy course, but uh, that's really strange. I guess uh, his long irons left him from that regard. Phil has been crappy. Just trying to find, like, the, the key names. Mito only has two rounds. Can't really take anything from that. Cameron Champ uh, in 24 rounds is like awful at these courses. And that includes a win at the 3M. I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Yes, it, uh, no it does not include i don't know why the 3m is counted for some and not others it must have been different years and then different course selection when we ended up looking at it Mackenzie hughes has not played these very well ricky obviously brooks has not played this uh style of tournament over 7400 yards very well either that that's kind of surprising to me you'd think that brooks would be really up there only 13 rounds Let's see century masters farmers masters 3m I don't know why the U.S. Open isn't being involved in this. Who knows? Who knows? I'll have to talk to Moose about that one and see what's going on. So maybe. Let's also throw in difficult and average. Uh, So scoring relative to par, Difficult and average and see what that can churn us out. So right now the filters we have on are over 7,400 yards of course length and we have average to difficult in terms of scoring for each. Does that change anything for us? Reed is now number one in that regard. Shoffley, Zalatoris, Grio, Spieth, Rom, Connors, Hoffman, Leishman. Man, I, I wish Charlie Hoffman would have had a round earlier this year. At some point was the last time Chuck played. Maya Koba missed the cut, and it's not like he's been running very good. He's been making a lot of cuts. How has he played at Farmers over the years? Ninth in 2020, miscut. Thirty fifth, fifty fourth, forty third, miscut seven. So he's been okay over the years. It's it's tough to see just out of nowhere coming out and playing really well. I'm shocked Connors is so high on this list. To tell you the gods on his truth, where's this guy? I guess he plays well at the Masters every single year. So that's something. Wells Fargo. And we have seen a lot of crossover success with the Masters. Obviously, Patrick Reed has won both. Rose has been immaculate at the Masters over the years. So was Jason Day before they kind of hit their little sputter out in ruts as they got older. Uh, Tiger obviously dominated this course for years, dominated the Masters for years. Phil has ended up winning both. Who else has done really well? Leash has a very good course history at Augusta. So, I mean, listen, good players play at Augusta. When good players play here, good players end up winning. I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world to make that. You can make that of any collection of tournaments where good players play. But Patrick Reed is really an outlier, I think, when it comes to this. We're looking at Corey Connors here. Wells Fargo, you know, the tee to green. The the problem with him here, which I think is going to rear its ugly head, is how bad he is going to be around the greens. That's never a great situation that you want to be in, ever. Uh, When you have to... I mean, maybe he can drive it straight all week. The irons are clicking. He just hits a ton of greens in regulation. But when you're a notoriously bad putter like Corey Connors is, and you have a terrible around the green game, one of those two things is going to pop up. Unless he just has the week of his life. And then obviously all bets are off when it comes down to it. But it, it's a very difficult scenario to see happening where Corey Connors holds everyone off. Vic was almost able to do it last year. And Vic was in that scenario. Vic, you know, is a bad putter. Maybe he can run a hot week and he's terrible around the greens. He's getting better. Better, but you know you wouldn't call him anything good around the greens by any stretch of the imagination Kyle Stanley another guy who's played this tournament well in the past plays well at these longer harder courses Tom Hoagie is up there as well along with Luke List and Bryson Hideki too so who are some mid-range guys it's funny when we sort by strokes gain total Hughes was awful until we got rid of the easy courses, then all of a sudden in his 12 rounds, he's playing a whole lot better. Ryan Palmer, you can see, ends up there as well. Richie Wierinski, Cameron Davis, who we talked about a little bit earlier, Keith Mitchell. They're all inside the top 40, so it's not the craziest thing in the world to think that these guys would be pretty good. Uh, I wanted to take a look at Max Homa for a second. I want to get rid of all the filters. Let's reset all of the filters and see what we have. All right, all the filters are off. I wanted to take a look at Homa, who, listen, he's Pretty good all around, and he has these spike weeks. Can he putt well? I don't really know how he's played well here in the past. The past two years, he's 18th, he's been ninth. So. Take a look at Max Homa, played really well in California. He has two wins in California, and two of his three wins overall are at these long, difficult courses at Riviera and Wells Fargo. This type of course might really be his jam. If he can figure it out on the greens, uh, even Memorial, another longer, harder type course. He putted really well that week, and a hard course at Valspar inside the top 10. So he is someone that plays difficult courses pretty well over time. Uh, The last thing I wanted to look at was putting. Just to see if there are guys who chip or putt particularly well at this course over the course of their careers. And we'll take a look at Yeah, we'll keep it a past twenty-four rounds, but I do want to keep an eye on how far back we go in time with some of this stuff, just to make sure that we're still getting what we need. We'll just take a look at Torrey Pines South, because obviously there's no around the green work uh, in terms of shot link from Torrey Pines North. And I don't want to include the Torrey Pines US Open courses either, uh, just because I don't want to conflate that with USGA style stuff. So let's take a look on average. And take a look at the raw numbers. So, putting wise, Justin Thomas, Nate Lashley in his one round, four for Justin Thomas, uh, Seb Straka, JJ Spawn, Adam Hadwin, CT Pan, Steven Yagabombs, the Gim Reaper are the only players in the field averaging over a stroke per round to the field uh, in gaining strokes putting. I find that pretty incredible. Tell you the truth. Uh, guys with longer samples like Sabatini and Reed at this course both have a lot of history. They've both been proven good putters. Jimmy Walker, obviously, this is going Going to take back from when he was a top 10 player in the world and won this tournament, or when he gagged it to Snedeker that year in the crazy wind year. That you can see strokes gain, putting it's been pretty consistent, even since basically 2014. He's dropped strokes at the South Course twice, uh, ever. <laughs> and one of them was really bad, the other one was right around. Even problem is, like last year, he only played the one round. So uh Jimmy Walker has been making cuts at this course, though, still periodically um mark leishman putted very well blixt and brant snedeker i guarantee you that's going back through time obviously sung yul knows is going way back through time because he went to military service at one point during that day and michael thompson both very good with the flat stick as been pat perez over the course of his careers let's shrink this down to past 12 rounds uh just to make sure that we're not taking too much back from everything else. This is a fun way that you can look at strokes gained as well. Uh, Thomas, so we know, I think that comes from 2014, 2015. Those are the only rounds that he has. And frankly, he butted very poorly in 2015. That's kind of a throw it out from Justin Thomas. You need to be able to put some of these stats into context when we look at it as well. Uh, Let's see who else is up here. Leash, Nasty Nate Lashley in his one round. Spawn, Reed, CT Pan all continue to be up there. Seven rounds for the Gim Reaper. Uh, He's still at a stroke Around Sabatini. He's kind of the king of the tough course um, for his overall skill set. He's obviously there are better players uh, than him. Uh, let's use bad who's been bad on the greens here uh bryson's been horrendous on the greens uh but both those rounds it's only two rounds of putting and they come from at over three years ago so obviously a different player now he gets it much farther off the team he's a much better putter than he was back in the day too trey mullinix has been bad killa keith mitchell has been bad on the greens uh neiman cam young both been bad on the greens at this course as well same with dj uh over his past 12 rounds at this course uh curious to see both burger and horschel pop up on that Atlas as well along with Cameron Davis Luke List obviously is going to be putting very poorly Spieth has not really figured out these greens neither has Sung or Connors shocker there over time Sammy Burns in the minus as well in his 10 rounds but I think I would still go with the ball striking the ball striking numbers you can see Cameron Young in his one round let's see who has more than four rounds Champ has been very good with ball striking DJ Adam Long only one round Keegan Ryan Palmer Luke List uh, Brooks in the ball striking department and in the ball striking department in you know, their five and six rounds at the South course, along with Lucas have been really good. Cameron Davis is up there. Sam Ryder is up there. Vegas. Zalatoris only has the four rounds. I worry about if he ends up performing really well after his fire round in the second round at the American express, will he be overvalued coming into the week to look at Finau? He's like the only one who just pops across the board. Norlander Woodland and Finau don't have anything negative Uh, amongst any of the strokes gained metrics versus uh, who are in this field over the past 12 rounds. That's very interesting to look at. Xander, the only thing he's been bad at is around the green. Let's see he has been really good around the green. Now, obviously these stats can be skewed very much by... Uh, what we look at in terms of if they chip in versus to put it to one inch I mean that's a huge gain in terms of the strokes game department when we're talking about chipping and short game but Lashley let's just talk about the the five and over rounds Kazire, Bill Haas, Justin Rose all very good Svensson's up there in only three rounds Reed and Snedeker no shocker there Finau has been immaculate around these greens he's inside the top ten Danny Lee is up there Patrick Rogers is up there California King Patrick Rogers maybe that pick from Kenny Kim in our draft isn't going to look so crazy see when Patrick Rogers ends up winning at Tory Pines who knows probably a better top 20 play than anything else at least in my mind uh Matt McNeely Gary Woodland, Sabatini. Funny to see Woodland. Woodland, very good around the greens at this course historically. uh, Was awesome at Pebble Beach the year that he won the U.S. Open. Maybe it's something about this Kakuya grass. Who knows? California grass. Uh, Maybe he smokes a little because it's legal. Then he goes out and he chips a little and it's all good for old Gary in California. Not really doing the work at the American Express this week, however. Ramen Matsuyama up there. Molinari. who. Kim, Jason Day, Max Homa. Max Homa, outside of strokes gained off the tee, is positive in every category in his nine rounds as well. If we just take a look at his driving overall, his driving has probably been the most consistent part of his game. Uh, bad at the CJ Cup, bad at the BMW, bad at St. Jude, but again, everywhere else except for the Wells Fargo, somewhere where he won in the past. And yeah, out of all the strokes gained metrics in his past five tournaments, putting has been the most, but then it's been... Uh, off the tee at 0.6 per round over the last 10. The driving and approach has been higher. He was going through a very poor putting phase at that time, too. Remember, it is a split between the south course and the north course. Poa, Poa Anu, Poa Anu, Poa Greens. I'm never going to figure out how to say that off the top of my head. I really need to stare at Poa Anu. Nah, I'm just a moron. Forget it. Poa Greens at the south course, Bent Grass Greens at the north course. Uh, And that's... The review that we're going to have. I, I love digging through this stuff and trying to figure out if it can help us or if it can't help us and hopefully something I looked at triggered it in your mind that maybe you can go look at it too. Once again fantasynational.com mayo to get 20% off. That way you have the same information that I am dealing with right now. The strokes gain metric from the stadium course and the American Express results will be loaded up onto Fantasy National on Monday morning at some point. Once again, this tournament starts on Wednesday so you're going to have to get on top of everything start doing your research. Got a very special guest a newcomer to the show a newcomer not necessarily to the space but you know he's an up and comer so let's get him on the show I like his vibe you'll be surprised when you see him on Thursday in terms of the odds I don't know what we're going to do with this because you have Rom you have Xander you have DJ and is it going to be those three Bryson Justin Thomas So those are the five. Hideki coming off a win... Finau is going to probably be overpriced, although he's having a bad week at the American Express, so I wouldn't expect to see him up there too much. Brooks will probably get very little respect from the field. Reed will get little respect from the field. Spieth, because it's a longer course, will probably be beaten down a little bit. Berger, we haven't seen since the Tournament of Champions. Sheffler not playing the best, at least as I'm watching it right now at the American Express, so expect them down. Zalatoris could jump his way up, but those are probably the five. Rom, Xander, DJ, Bryson, JT, Hideki, and Finau. That means burns probably at bet at worst i mean i could always be wrong on this because he seems to be very popular at the books right now and people betting that he could be eighth on that list in that like brooks so not everyone can be below 20 to 1 and a big thing too when these odds are released on monday morning especially at the top of the board and we've seen this across the board through three tournaments so far this season whether it's DraftKings sportsbook or whether it's anywhere that you use do not bet anyone at the top of the board until like eight hours after odds have been released because they it just seems like they don't want to get taken Taken really early on that they'll probably make all eight of these guys below 20 to one then you'll look back 10 hours later and then four of them will be in the 20s that's you can't you can't have a tournament like this of 156 players and have eight guys below 20 to one it just can't work that way because no one's going to take any action Zalatoris is going to be a hot name this week most definitely bramlett from the deep end is most definitely going to be a deep name as well Uh, we looked at cameron davis and luke list i think that we can probably get on board with those guys depending on where they end up coming in in terms of the odds but sam burns is really the one that does stick out to me here if we can catch him at 28 or better i'll most likely be in on that but where he is a top 15 player in the world if he's got priced at 18 to 1 i'm not gonna be super stunned It's just with the rest of the names in this i could see bryson being on the hideki level here so like rom above everyone else probably be like six or seven to one dj and JT and Xander, like 12, 10 to 16, depending on the book that you look at, I'm guessing you 10 to 14 is probably more than likely. Then you'll have Hideki and Bryson, I'm guessing around between 16 and 22. Uh, It depends on whether people are into Bryson or out of Bryson. By looking at the course history, you're probably not into them. Now, because of the course history, even with the bad week at the American Express, likely gets lumped up with those guys as well. Uh, So that's probably how you're looking at the top eight on the board. And then it's a complete crapshoot when we start thinking about Spieth and Berger and Scheffler and Sungjae, Brooks. I mean, Reed will just be 35 or 40 to 1. That's what he is every single week. Then you play, like, the Brooks, who's kind of in the same Reed mold as well. He'll be anywhere from 28 to 40. Uh, they don't want to hang a super high number on Brooks, because that's what they did in Phoenix last year, and got absolutely taken to the cleaners by all of us at 55 to 1. That's just too high of a number at a long hard course for Brooks cap I can see Zalatoris sneaking into that 35, though. Anything beyond 40 to 1, I think I'll be in on Zalatoris this week. Anyway, that's at least my initial impressions of of the 2022 Farmers Insurance Open. The main takeaways 156 players, full field event. Two courses stack the north course and showdown each of the first two days. It is 500 yards less than the south course. It's on Bentgrass Greens, Poa Greens over on the south course where they will play three of the rounds, and yes, this tournament starts Wednesday this week, Wednesday through Saturday after the cut, all rounds are at the South Course, and when you're looking through the information on Fantasy National or wherever, and you're looking at Strokes game data, then it is only from the South Course, because there is no shot link data from the North. Those are the things you need to know. All right, that will do it for me. Hit the description. Maybe the listener's link is up there now. Maybe it's not. Check back later. If it's not, rate and review the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, boom, hit the five stars. you just have Spotify, you don't even need to subscribe to it, but just go click on Pat Mayo Experience, hit the five stars, take you 10 seconds, and it would do wonders for us, as would leaving an Apple review, Uh, newsletter, all that fun stuff. Sub to the channel, smash like. I'll be back on Monday with Feinberg. We will have Kenny and Tambo Monday evening on Mayo Media Network as well for the Fantasy Golf Degenerates. And then Tom and Sky will have the Euro picks this week as we continue the Middle East swing. That will do it for us. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one.